everyone. Welcome to Unfiltered Fitness Radio. This is your host, Sarah Bishop, and I have my friend and co-host for today and registered dietitian, Haley Colonino, to talk with you guys about digestion, gut health, optimizing digestion for performance, for your physique goals, because it very much does all tie together. And Um, The reason we wanted to chat about this today is because if you follow either of us, you know, we're into bodybuilding scene, lifting, um, haven't, neither of us have competed since 2019 for you too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Since 2019, but you know, we're very much, you know, kind of involved in the space and have clients that are physique athletes or former physique athletes or just former athletes in general. And what can happen with the kind of train hard, no days off mentality is GI issues, especially when we tie in building phases when it comes to bodybuilding or, you know, pushing food or always in a rush or the, the back and forth with the diets, um, and can lead to, you know, some issues, you know, downstream. So we just kind of wanted to talk about that, talk about our journeys a little bit, our stories with the gut stuff. So lots of poop talk today for you. Um, and then some, some practical takeaways. So before we get into it, Haley, how are you today? Do you want to introduce yourself a little bit more? I said you're a dietitian, but tell us exactly maybe some of your background a little bit. Sure. Yeah. My day is actually going really well. I got some decaf coffee this morning, so that was fun. Um, yeah. My name is Haley. I'm a registered dietitian. I've been coaching for what almost six years now. I own a company that primarily works with women. It's called Girls Fuel LLC. I have two orange cats who I love. And if you follow my Instagram, you'll see them quite often. And I am also dealing with a lot of gut issues that have been kind of controlling my life over the past year due to just like how my life has been. And we'll talk about kind of what causes it and how to avoid it and stuff too. Cool. And you've been, um, you've been dealing with your own GI issues for a little while, right? Oh gosh. Yeah. Like almost a year now. And so when did you tell us, so you competed, I said in 2019, but you did some things before competing, right? Yeah. So like before competing, and I feel like this is how a lot of us females get into health and fitness. I did everything wrong, right? Like I did the thousand calorie diet and I would, you know, be so hungry that I'd overeat and then that would lead to constipation. So I lived a lot of my life only pooping once per week, which is actually not normal in case you didn't know. Um, Overtrained, you know, six, seven days per week in college and was going out drinking, which is obviously not good for your gut either. And just like very, very, very high stress, high cortisol, um, not sleeping at all for years. And then I started competing. Um, All the while, I didn't know that this was an issue. You know, I feel like it just started becoming a bigger talking point in the industry. Um, So then, you know, once I got more into coaching, I was like, all right, like, hey, you know, this is probably not normal. And I started, you know, testing myself, worked with other coaches to get things underway. Um, And I found out that I have, I had, I don't have this anymore, candida, which is a yeast infection in the gut, a little bit H. pylori. I've had a little parasite going on. And right now I'm pretty sure I just have SIBO, which would be small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Um, And Sarah, I know you've dealt with this. We both coach clients with it. So what are, what would you say some of the most common symptoms you see are so people can know what to look for? Yeah. A lot of times it is going to be bloating and 
this is kind of where I wanted to tie it back to training, like physicals, like a lot of times, like that just further kind of fuels like poor body image when you're constantly loaded all the time. And then that kind of just encourages people to want to continue to restrict or, you know, continue to want to, you know, do all the training, all the steps to try to try to kind of control things. Cause oftentimes too, like if you have gut issues, you have a lot of inflammation going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so you might see that where like the scales up, you know, you're like kind of watery looking because, you know, as a, as a whole, your system is inflamed. Um, you know, for me, like it was, I went back and forth between constipation, diarrhea yeah. for a while, but when I really started diving into my GI issues, it was like loose stool. And it was like, I couldn't, like, I would be late to be places because I couldn't leave the house. Yeah. So I was like, sure. I was kind of in the clear and it definitely like impacted my training. And through all that too, like I started to learn like how my body responds to stress and training while being a great stress, a important stress, it is a stress on the body and the mind when you are more competitive, right? Like you go in the gym and you want to beat the logbook or, you know, competitors, like, you know, you have like in the back of your mind, like who you're competing against and that, mm. that drive to perform whatever sport it is. And, you know, that, that chronic stress definitely can contribute to what we call leaky gut is the, um, the, the popular term. But that's where you can kind of start having uh, like food allergy or food sensitivity kind of symptoms. Haley had a great post on that a couple of weeks ago. So I'll be sure to link that in the show notes. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, and then people start thinking like they have to start cutting out all these foods that they used to be able to tolerate. And it's because they have this, you know, increased gut permeability going on. Definitely. And I think kind of like you said, like one thing triggers another. So living this like go, go, go high stress lifestyle, being an athlete, being a high performing individual, it causes a lot of stress. And I think for a lot of us, and this is how I was for many, honestly, until the last year and a half when I started my business, we don't realize how stressed we are. I know you've been there too, Sarah, right? You don't realize it. And then, you know, your body finally catches up to you and you start having all these symptoms. Like Sarah said, you know, the bloating, the constipation, the diarrhea. Some people will have acid reflux. Stomach aches were really big for me. I was like, oh, you know, I just get stomach aches now and my farts literally smell like something fucking died. Sorry, but it's true. And at first I was like, oh, you know, it's normal. Like my family history, there's a lot of like gastro stuff. Like my dad has stuff. My aunt had stomach cancer. So I was like, this is just who who I am. You know, I fart and it's gross and everybody knows it, whatever. I don't care. But at a certain point, you know, those symptoms were holding me back from changing my body. Like Sarah said, you know, there was the bloating, there was the wateriness and inability to lose weight for a period of time. And that was you know, triggering. And I think that's where a lot of people, like Sarah said, if they hit the gas pedal, because they're like, oh, no, this isn't happening, like more cardio, less food. And that only makes things way worse. That is like the opposite. Um, So I think like, at least in my opinion, the biggest coaching point when it comes to dealing with gut or hormonal issues is just like helping your clients know how to like sit on the break for a while and give their body the time. And it's so counterintuitive. And it's hard because it's like, it is kind of one of those things where as a coach, as an athlete, like you almost have to go through it yourself a little bit to like yeah. maybe like, oh, at least that's definitely how I am. Like you said, um, the universe tends to have to like slap me upside the head for me to figure <laughs> it out. And maybe even once or like more than once, like I just went on vacation, you know, earlier this year and, you know, was 
just off my routine for almost two full weeks. And I came home down like five pounds and, you know, I definitely like ate like, you know, good and, and all that. It was just like, you could see in my body, like just the inflammation that I, yeah. I dropped. Um, and my gut was good the whole time, but anyway, that's kind of a, a side note, but yeah, like, like, especially like physique athletes, like wanting to maximize, you know, muscle, like, even if you just want to be, you know, toned and you're so focused on your diet and getting enough protein, getting up enough micronutrients. Yes, we are what we eat, but we are what we absorb. Right. And yeah. That's often like when we're stressed, like we're not producing stomach acid, which leads to us not having the digestive enzymes that we need to properly break down and assimilate, you know, those, those micronutrients. And I mean, you know, it's beyond like gut health. Then at that point too, if you're not getting micronutrients, you might start noticing like females, like, well, and males too, but I think my audience is mostly, mostly females, but, Mm. um, you know, your hair looks kind of crappy or is falling out or your skin just doesn't look, you know, as great. Like you mentioned, starting to have hormone issues, thyroid, because we're not properly absorbing those nutrients. Um, so it's definitely like something that we do want to address. And, um, I think there is a lot of low hanging fruit and little things that we can do within our routine, whether that is, you know, some of the things we've been already kind of touching on with stress management, but then like things like pre post-workout meals and whatnot. So kind of wanted to dive into, into that with you and give people some, some practical kind of stuff. So do you want to start with like, maybe we start, let's do like pre post-workout meals and then we'll go from there as far as, you know, kind of maybe some considerations. Definitely. So I think the biggest thing with pre and post-workout meals, and I've made this mistake too, is it has to be easy to digest. Because if we think about the state that our body's in, when we're done training, especially, that's like a fight or flight state, you know, you're all ramped up, your blood is pumping, your heart is, heart rate is elevated. You need to make sure that you get into a parasympathetic, parasympathetic state before you eat. So, and this doesn't only have to apply to your workout window, this can be helpful anytime. Take a couple deep breaths before you sit down to eat. I like to shower when I get home from the gym instead of diving right into food, which is something I didn't used to do. But then really be strategic, especially about your carbohydrate choices, right? This is not a time for fiber. Do not go crazy with the fiber. You know, we want white rices, pastas, you know, bagels, breads, fruits are a great thing too. And I think a lot of people get caught up in, well, those are bad foods. You know, those aren't as nutrient dense, but that's not necessarily the point of eating them, right? They're more energy dense. They're going to provide your muscles really quick fuel, really quick recovery um, and help you just absorb what you need to absorb. So that way you can continue having energy for the rest of your day, or if it's before your workout for your training session, and not be like digesting during it. Like, I used to eat like a high fiber cereal before I worked out. And the number of times I almost threw up doing something that was not that hard, because it just wasn't digested. Like, I could could count on two hands. Yeah, like doing a big bowl of oatmeal 45 minutes before you train may not be the best option. It might be right why you're, you know, in the gym looking at the mirrors and being like, oh, why am I so bloated looking? And I think it's important to like, since I just said that bloating, like the kind of bloating we're talking about is often like associated with like visual distension and mm-hmm. pain. And I think sometimes, especially as physique athletes, people that have a history of restricting, if you feel full, that can often be sensed as like 
oh, I, I'm bloated, but it's like, no, you're full, right? You drink water, maybe your bladder is full and you have to pee. Mm-hmm. And that's like not what we're talking about, right? Like, I think it's, you know, kind of important to have like realistic views that, you know, our bodies change. And like, sometimes like, you know, I'll be looking in the mirror and I'll be like, oh, my lower belly looks so big, you know, in my eyes. And I'm like, oh yeah, like, well, not, oh yeah, but I'm like, I had to pee. Like, you know, it, yeah. that's why, right? That's your uterus. Yeah. Or like your bladder. you're squatting and it's like, if you're going to like, you know, inhale and brace, like that's going to, you know, look a certain way. Right. So like, you know, I think working through body image is important while you kind of work through this stuff. I find it often goes together, but yeah, like pre-workout, like exactly like you said, easy to digest. I'm a big fan of like the fruit and like a simple carb. If you train super early, I would still suggest having like intra-workout carbs. So even Mm. if you like say you have to be at the gym at 5am or something like super early, maybe you roll out of bed, you know, do like 20 ounces, you know, of water. And then on your way to the gym, be sipping like your, your pre-workout and then be, you know, starting your intra-workout quote, quote, intra-workout drink, like as you start, you know, warming up and getting into the gym. So that way, you know, those carbs are in your system. Cause that's going to help your performance. Um, and also your recovery, which all kind of, it all ties together here. Definitely. I love intro workout. I'll use Gatorade usually like the powdered Gatorade with creatine and electrolytes. And I notice a major difference, especially if I'm going to the gym in the morning. I'll also like try to encourage my girls to try to have something before they go. So like I'll often do even half of a banana because that's going to digest really quickly as well. Maybe a little applesauce pack. I've seen you do those before and then really prioritize just like a whole meal when you get back. Yeah. And, and it's something you might have to train yourself to do, right? If you're used mm-hmm. to going fasted or not eating at that time, like you may not be hungry because your body's kind of trained just behaviorally, you know, from a time standpoint, circadian rhythm, your body's been trained to kind of eat on the schedule that you're eating. Um, what is your current post-workout go-to? Do you have a current post-workout meal? Yeah, this is actually just a meal that I eat almost every day because I love it, but it makes sense for post-workout. So I'll do a minute cup of white rice, usually jasmine, chicken or ground turkey, a simple vegetable like green beans or spinach. And then I'm like a huge fan of the coconut aminos. It's like a gluten-free soy sauce. So usually I'll have that. If I need a little bit of extra carbohydrates, I'll add fruit on the side. Like today I had grapes on the side. Sometimes I'll do, you know, berries or something like that for a little bit of fiber, but like a rice bowl is usually my go-to. What would you say yours is? Yeah, I'm a cream of rice girly, but um, yeah, I love cream rice, but it's funny you said that on the, on the fruit. Cause like all I had was berries today and I love berries, but like they are pretty high fiber. I'm like, Oh, this is going to take my fiber for the day. So like, I do like usually like a banana, like post-workout or you said mm-hmm. grapes or like a good, like lower fiber option. Um, you know, because we do want to kind of be mindful of like total fiber during the day. And I think like some people say like, oh, no veggies post-workout. I think if you're going to have them pre versus post, like definitely put them post. Um, And, you know, like you said, something easy to digest, if that's going to be like a, you know, a meal that, you know, it's important to have veggies in there for you to hit your total veggie target for the day. That's totally cool. Cause you know, your post-workout, right. So like, we're not going to go do anything like right after in theory, you know, we're not talking to dual athletes or, you know, people doing double days, but um, yeah, so I think that was a good point too. I like to have the veggies after because after you train, you know, 
your body is ready to absorb. It's ready to absorb protein. It's ready to absorb carbohydrates to replenish your glycogen stores. It's ready to absorb vitamins and minerals. So I like, I almost always will have something in there. Like you said, like be easy to digest. Yeah. And I usually tell people within two hours Mm post-workout, try to try to get that meal. Um, You know, you don't have to slam the protein shake immediately after leaving the gym. That is, you know, a myth as far as the anabolic window. It's more of like an anabolic barn door that said, like we do still want to eat, like you said, because we're primed to do so, you know, body is primed to uptake those nutrients. And yeah, it's important for recovery and just repairing, refueling. Definitely. What about just meal timing in general? Like if you had someone come to you super constipated, how would you help them organize their day? Constipation, I usually find spacing meals a little bit further apart, like maybe like four-ish, three to four hours apart is usually a little bit better because we have something called the migrating motor complex. And it's basically how your the time it takes or the process of your body to kind of like digest, break down. It's like that time to sweep things through your system. And that takes about two hours, 90 minutes to two hours. So people that struggle with bloating constipation, normally that migrating motor complex needs some support um, because, you know, it's been dysregulated or it's slowed down and the grazing or like eating, like not eating all day and then eating all your meals within a six hour period Mm -hmm. later later in the day, just kind of further exasperates kind of the issue and doesn't, you know, retrain that, that MMC migrating motor complex to to do its thing. So yeah, like four-ish hours, three, four hours. Definitely. And that brings up another great point. Like, I think that's something that a lot of people do, probably not those who have competed because, you know, we get our meals in on a schedule, but is skipping breakfast. Skipping breakfast, and this is something that like there's so many like mixed things on, but I'm a big fan of making sure that you have breakfast within the first two hours of waking because that kind of starts your digestive processes for the day, right? When you first start chewing, when you salivate, that starts all the other processes from enzyme production to stomach acid production and all of that. And it just kind of gets your body primed for the day. It also, especially for females, will bring stress, your stress hormone cortisol down um, and help you get into more of a parasympathetic state. So not skipping breakfast is a big one that I'll push my clients with. That was like my bad thing. And like still is from time to time. I did it yesterday. Actually, I had a massage therapy appointment that ran late and then I had a call. So I didn't have my first meal and like guys listening to this, like not promoting this, but Mm -hmm. I didn't have my first meal until like one o'clock. Oh my gosh. So that was like a almost a 16 hour fast. So like, yeah, like I'm not opposed to intermittent fasting for some people mm-hmm. in the right state of physical health and mental health. But I think if you are going to intermittent fast doing the early window, I guess is how you would say it. So like you yeah. eat breakfast, like within an hour or two of waking, and then you stop eating maybe at like six or seven o'clock. And then you, you know, I guess it would be like five or six o'clock and then you fast maybe like 14, 16 hours overnight. Um, yeah, I'm more of a fan of that. And that's actually kind of what the research tends to show is, mm-hmm. but yeah, like that was like a big thing for me when I first like started diving into my digestion and stuff. Um, I worked with Victoria Falcar and she kind of helped me like understand that like, Hey, like you're not even giving your, like you're, you're, you have low stomach acid. So you're like putting off the process and putting off 
the calories that your body needs to start producing stomach acid by doing this fasting thing. And then the coffee, like on top of that, you know, Haley knows that uh, coffee is my drug of choice. And that's another one, like you do have to be careful of, especially like in prep or when you're dieting, when it's like easy to like have that low energy and just want to reach for another cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. Gotta, gotta watch the caffeine because that can kind of trigger some gut stuff. Speaking of caffeine though, and you asked me timing for like constipation, caffeine is often a trigger. Coffee is often a trigger for loose stool diarrhea. So what would Mm -hmm. you tell somebody as far as like spacing their meals, maybe like how to go about their coffee habit if they did have more on the, the looser side of things? Definitely. So if you are dealing with loose stool, and I'm not talking about like you're peeing out of your butt. Like if you're actively like in a flare, like you feel like you have a stomach bug and you're peeing out of your butt, I recommend not eating anything, just electrolytes and water until that stops. Because your gut is just inflamed and it needs bowel rest, right? But if we're talking like, yeah, when I go to the bathroom, it's diarrhea. That's just what happens. Um, I would definitely recommend making sure that you push your caffeine intake off for the first 60 to 90 minutes and have breakfast first. Unless you're going to the gym right away, your breakfast should include some fiber to make sure that we are slowing the trains down. So that way, when you do have your coffee, not everything goes right through you. Um, Also going for like a weaker blend. And that's something that I started doing when I was dealing with diarrhea, I would I switched to half calf then and have kind of done that ever since. And then after that, you know, with diarrhea in comparison to constipation, we want to slow down the MMC, the migraine motor complex. So you're going to want to have smaller, more frequent meals, right? Especially considering a lot of times diarrhea comes with some unwanted discomfort, maybe nausea. So smaller, more frequent meals and following more of a bland diet, like in a hospital, they call it the brat diet, which is like bread, applesauce, rice, banana, stuff like that. Um, And having like little servings of protein spread out through the day versus like a large bolus at a time. Yeah. I agree. And I've definitely been there. So like, that's where like, Mm -hmm. I think like addressing these issues, like don't let it, like, don't let it just take over your life or impact the quality of your life. I feel like that's, that's when it's something we need to really dive into, you know, deeper as far as we both like to use the GI map as far as a tool to kind of look further into, um, you know, digestion, digestive health. Um, I think you like it for the same reason that I do and that it mm-hmm. kind of gets a more comprehensive look at our microbiome, but then also like, how is your immune system? Like, how are you breaking down your fats, your, you know, carbohydrates, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, so if you're interested in that, definitely you can contact either of us. We can help you out, um, in either with coaching or consults in regards to the GI map. Um, but yeah, so this is, I think this is, we got some good kind of practical kind of takeaways here. Is there anything else you think we should mention for people? I think the last thing, and you like touched on this a little bit, is just like not letting this ruin your whole life. Well, yeah, like don't we let both it know. Your identity. Yeah, don't let it become your identity because then you get stuck in it, you know, and we get stuck in those habits that got us where we are. But I have definitely been there and I have clients that do this all the time. And, you know, I'm spending all my time on Google. Why didn't I poop today? Why did I have diarrhea? Why do I have this symptom? And at the end of the day, you know, that's where getting to the root cause can be helpful. So that way, like I tell my clients, I'm like, hey, we know that you have SIBO. Like, it's okay that you had diarrhea. You had diarrhea because you had SIBO. You have SIBO, not because you ate something, not because you didn't sleep. Like, there's something going on with you. So like, 
you don't have to figure out why everything is happening every time. Like just kind of roll with it, give your body grace along your healing journey. And remember that, you know, it's temporary as long as you know, you know how to get to the other side. Yeah. I would say like my, my final words would be don't dive into a prep if you're constipated all the time or bloated or have this like loose stool going on anything health wise, like address that first before diving into a prep. Um, and know that working on your physique, working on your performance, it all goes together when we talk about like the cell side of things. So that's what I'm kind of wanting to do on this, uh, this podcast is kind of bring it all together. And then I'm definitely having you back on for more like unfiltered talks. Yes, let's do it. Like we could definitely go off on various topics or you know, just dive into your story more or whatever's on our mind in the industry. Um, so how can people find you? How can they work with you or follow you on social medias? Yeah. So my Instagram, that's where I post most, um, is coach Haley, H-A-Y-L-E-E underscore R-D. That's where you can find me, chat with me, stalk me, whatever you want to do. And I just thought of this, this episode may not be live until too late, but Haley and I are doing a free workshop on July 23rd. So we're going to be going over case studies. Uh, Haley has a, a GI case study and I have a amenorrhea case study that we're going to be kind of going over, talking about our kind of strategies with clients, going over some of your questions uh, if you're a coach, case studies. So definitely check that out. I'll have that info in the show notes as well. But thanks, Haley, for having this combo with me. And I'll definitely have you back on. Of course, this was fun. Thank you.